0: Welcome to EQ Above, IQ Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Healing the Inner Child. I'm Trina Casey and I'm your host. Today I am going to talk about a subject that's in the mind and the hearts of several people right now. Um, The senseless and horrific death of George Floyd. I wasn't sure if I was going to do an episode about this but I felt I needed to because like many people it deeply affected me and as a african-american it deeply affects me and as a mother of a biracial son who would be considered african-american it scares me I have seen this happen several times over the course of my son's birth. And to be honest, Trayvon Martin was my first sign that I needed to find a way to protect my son at any cost. I was one of the people who was fortunate enough to have the means and the drive to leave the country, and that's what I did. And I'll be 100% honest, the only reason why I am currently residing in Europe in Amsterdam is because I felt that my son could live longer here. He is 9 years old now. And in America he would see, be seen as a <clears throat> intimidation by certain people, by police. And as All of the brutality is continuing to happen from police on its citizens. I want to talk about how emotional intelligence and empathy could save us all, could have saved George Floyd's life. If... The five principles of emotional intelligence were used, first of all, at the time of the parenting of the people who are perpetuating this hatred. Well, they wouldn't have much hate, would they? Because they would have the self-awareness that what they feel towards another person is not necessarily the other person's fault. It would be because something is going on with them. And I really feel that that police, that um, the white Americans who have always found a reason to hate other groups, whether it's minorities or people who are in different sexual orientations, it all comes from a deep sense of self-loathing. They call it white supremacy, but honestly, it's self-loathing. Because once you don't like yourself or you're insecure about yourself for some reason, you have a natural inclination to oppress others either with your words or your actions or just your thought patterns. If you are in a state of self-love, it tends to help you love other people. And I'm not talking about a narcissistic way because that is another, um, another way to self-loathe, narcissism. Because either you, you don't like yourself enough that you have to blow yourself up to a point of being unre- unrealistically great or you put yourself down in an unrealistic way. That's narcissism. No, I'm talking about really not liking yourself or finding fault or not feeling just that you're enough. And that stems from how you were raised. You know, a lot of people don't want to see this in their own childhood, but there was one point in your childhood where someone or something happened that made you judge yourself not positively or someone or something happened that made you feel like you weren't enough. And so you took all that energy to either excel beyond belief or overcompensate or, you know... um Seek attention and approval from friends and family or teachers. I was a kid who really excelled in academics. And I had to do this because for me, as an African-American child, I knew I was always going to be stigmatized. As not smart enough, as not um, academically capable as my fellow um white classmates, of course, I disproved that time and time again, but I was doing it for the wrong reasons. That's when one of the times my self loathing started or I won't say a self-loathe because I I had resiliency. I did bounce back from a lot of stuff. And it's obvious. And as I go through my podcast, I will share little nuggets about me and uh, why I chose um, emotional intelligence as my guidepost to um, heal myself and hopefully spread healing to others. But imagine... A life of not feeling good enough so badly that you feel it's necessary to hate others. I just don't see it. I just don't understand it. Maybe it's because my community had to promote I'm black and I'm proud and do all of this necessary counter campaigning that black is beautiful that made me realize and understand there's a huge community that thinks we are great just as we are. And we had to instill that thought process in our head. And that actually is positive. That is the thing. It's not over the top because we have society constantly telling us the opposite and showing us the opposite. So I'm just curious why. Because I am not a white American, I've been married to a few. (laughs) And to be honest, the ones I've been married to show me the self-loathing. And I always work really hard to try to change that. And I never understood. It's like, wow, you have all the opportunities in the world. But you're going to find something wrong with your hairline find something wrong with uh, how you look or find something wrong with just being white. My first husband, he he basically did not want to be white. He had a, like a deep shame around it. Instead of using his uh, French name, he changed it into a, a Latin version and preferred to be called that the Latin version of his name. He felt a lot of shame about his privilege. And his life was extremely privileged. Grew up with two parents, had been together for a very long time. Had a sister. um, Was academically uh, excelled. Was very organized. But I think that also was due to a lot of criticism. And... um, And not feeling enough. So basically he's traveled the world trying to be, no, not trying to be, being a humanitarian. But at the same time, still not feeling like he's enough. I don't know. That's just an example of someone kind of trying to come out of this positively. Um, this feeling of not being enough. But then you wonder if you are the perfect example of what um, white supremacy sees you to be. Well, then what's the problem? It goes much deeper than just a group of people who don't capes and hoods to hide their identity because of their shame and then go around and, you know, wreck havoc on the lives of people who just want to exist, who many of us did not ask to be caught, uh, brought to the Americas or the Caribbean. We were t- forced Yet we still were able to retain a sense of self-connection, self-love. I often wonder if it's jealousy. Jealousy that the sun doesn't affect us in the same way. Um, That we still laugh and sing and dance. Even when we have been subjected to brutality. We are talented beyond belief i just wonder i've been um mourning these multitude of deaths every time they happened i've been mourning my son's lack of freedom and my my own sense of fear that usually didn't exist, not in this way. I fear my own country. I fear it for my safety, for my son's safety. And this is something that's fixable. It's fixable by the people who created the fear. As a society, there are strength in numbers, as a society, this experimental this um what's the best word for it um, uh it's an experiment social experiment to see how long we could last under these unhumane inhumane circumstances in america there We are not a society that is sustainable. And as I see poor getting poor, uh, fake job numbers, saying that our, our joblessness in America is down, yet people who have my education would find it very difficult to find a job. And would have to get three jobs at levels that we didn't go to school for. But I know several, several people who have multiple degrees who still have to do part-time jobs at McDonald's or some retail store just to pay rent. It's a failed social experiment. Experiment. And one of the reasons why it has really failed, it was never set up to help people thrive. It was set up just to see how long they could survive. How could emotional intelligence solve all of this? very simple. It would stop people from blaming others for their emotions. It would promote people to self-regulate. And then it would really make them look at what their motivation is. What makes this life worth living? What is their purpose? Why... Why are they choosing to do the jobs that they do? Why are they doing um, the the callings that they're doing? And I bet you would see more people were called to creative fields if it was actually possible, if they could actually survive doing those things. And the only people who do survive or and possibly thrive are in the entertainment industry and I see them being very miserable within a institution that basically just uses them up until they're done and then moves on to the next younger brighter um, more pliable face and body I have tons of stories about that I worked in the entertainment industry briefly and I would not wish it upon anybody. Because unfortunately, the entertainment industry is part of the reason this problem has been perpetuated. This self loathing, not being good enough, actually trying to be at a standard that's not real. It's entertainment. And those people who are playing those roles and those characters, they know it's fake. But if you really want to survive it, you have to start pretending it's real. And then, empathy. Empathy, empathy. If they could do all of the things above, they would understand how their fellow man, human, man and woman and child, have the same feelings as they do from time to time deserve the same rights deserve to be able to breathe deserve to have the ability to simply walk down the street without being harassed by an institution that's supposed to protect and serve but whose main role has been to gather up and enslave. Because that's what they do. Because once you're gathered up, you go into the prison system, even if you didn't do anything wrong. We know this. This is our community's issue for hundreds of years. And I found it very interesting that I read recently That the police, even the images of their badges, were instituted to actually gather slaves. That was their whole role. And in Boston, I believe that was the first police uh, station, it was not meant to protect and serve all citizens. It was meant to protect and serve white slave owners. And... Once you build something on that foundation, of course it's going to corrupt. Of course organizations like the KKK will infiltrate. They've been the foundation of the policing departments of the world. And that's why there's so much brutality. That's why there's this code by them that you can't make a complaint against a police officer even though they're considered a civil servant it's all basically rigged and there's zero empathy within the policing departments so Will Smith said um, that police brutality or racism isn't worse It's just actually being filmed. And that's the reality. It hasn't gotten worse. It's existed this way for a very long time without the belief from people who just don't want to see the truth that marginalized communities have been suffering through this brutality since the conception of policing. This has been our reality. And I just hope that this is making a global impact. I see it. They're talking about it, even at my son's school, which I was a little bit dismayed. I wasn't sure how it was presented. You have to present things like this in a kind of context for children. But from what my son said, most of the children in his class were, like, shocked. They didn't show the actual footage. They just were like, why would they treat another person this way? But him being the only African-American kid in the class made me feel like maybe it wasn't a good idea because that already instills a certain sense of power to those white kids that they might be able to do that to a black child. Everything has to be presented in a delicate way when children are involved you have to do um, exercises more than anything. I don't really feel like, even if it was a blurred out video, that it should have been shown to my child, who also understands that we're not in America for the for his safety, and he understands it because I've explained it to him in a way that he can digest. But and then the very last principle social skills. If you have all these elements together, you can be kind and you can be empathetic to your fellow man and woman and human. You can be, regardless of orientation, regardless of color, regardless of religious beliefs, all kinds of things. It doesn't matter when you have empathy. It also will wake you up to a lot of realities of what's what's a uh, re- really something, uh, um, absolute truth versus relative truths. It makes rules bullshit rules really really evident. It makes it makes you see that some things just don't matter. But we choose to make them matter. Social skills are the the ability to get along and work with your fellow human being. All it would have taken was a bit of empathy. But This is not what's being taught to police. And this is not how they see us as human. So, anyways, I had to do this episode. It really was weighing on me because I just feel like emotional intelligence and how you parent, and how you raise your kids really just goes out into the world, reverberates, just touches other people. That's why being EQ-based parent, it's vital to change society. Let's change this social, global platform so that our children... Grow up doing the right thing. Defund policing. We don't need it if we know how to do the five principles. We don't need to be policed if we recognize our fear can come from unconscious bias another woman called the police on a black male who was bird watching in new york C- city central park she was breaking the leash law she had a dog there and i did have the stomach to watch that video i i will be honest i couldn't watch the george floyd video because i i just i'm i'm choosing to uh retain my mental ability at this time i my emotional intelligence. I just know that I can't see any more um, brutality against people who look like me. So I refrain from watching actual um, visuals because I feel that it can, it traumatizes us beyond the trauma that we already we experience. Uh, I feel like most of the Black community is suffering from PTSD. And so... Being emotionally intelligent, I said No, I'm gonna pass watching it, but just reading about it is enough. Back to this woman, Amy Cooper, she she's breaking the law. And this black bird watcher, uh he black man he he, he seems such a docile and sweet and educated man, tells her Hey, your dog needs to be on the leash. It disturbs the habitat, and there's signs everywhere. This is a bird watcher. I'm a bird watcher. I'm an avid bird watcher. She feels offended that someone of color would tell her what to do. So she threatens to call the police and say a black man is harassing her, which was not the case, as video revealed. She basically weaponized her privilege and New York City is probably the NYPD is probably the worst one of the worst at police brutality and if you're a black man you will be slammed to the ground or something aggressive and she basically was attempting to murder him in my eyes because that could have been a high likelihood with the way things are going of course there has been a huge uh, um, uproar about it, and you know, it's basically ruined her life. And as we do, African Americans, we don't want to ruin people's lives. No, we know how that feels. So the man asked to her for people to stop harassing her and everything, but here's the thing. As an empathetic person, he is and I am. No, we do not want anybody's lives to be destroyed by a mistake because we all make them. But her mistake wasn't a mistake. It was deliberate. And she knows it was deliberate. And therefore, there should be consequences to that. And the consequences that she's lost her job, that they took the dog back from what the video shows. She wasn't treating the dog very well. The... um company that she adopted from took the dog back because the dog looked abused in the video. Of course, she's been harassed. Now that I would not say is necessary. I think her punishment enough is to be seen on camera and known as the woman who basically tried to kill a man. Um, But the consequence is this, is that people who call the police on people based on the color of their skin need to be Held accountable, need to be self aware that that's the reason why they have fear. Has the man didn't do anything to her? Just as many um, people of color don't do anything to people, they just exist. And um, so she's been made sort of as an example, and that's a rarity. That's a rarity. But I think that. Sometimes people have to learn lessons, unfortunately, the hard way. And this is a perfect example that our lives have been constantly taken by citizens who feel they have the right to tell us how to exist. And um, they use their privilege to as a weapon against us, against innocent citizens. Who are just trying to live their lives in a system that has been set up to make them living their lives as difficult as possible? So here, I, here I um, I will end this podcast by saying, please be emotionally intelligent. Please think about what you're feeling, why you're feeling the way that you're feeling, why that person walking down the street or checking at a house but not bothering you would make you want to call the police on them. Why is that the automatic assumption that people of color are doing something wrong. And ask that question to yourself. Why is that my programming? Why do I believe this? And then I want you to regulate those emotions. And then I want to know what the motivation through to call the police on somebody is. What's the motivation? Because you have to know there's a higher likelihood of someone who doesn't look like you, white American, white, wherever, European, whoever, where you are, will have the same scrutiny scrutiny placed on their shoulders. And what motivates you to want to kill another human being? And then... Try to go to empathy. Wow. If I call the police on somebody who doesn't look like me, there's a high likelihood they'll get hurt, probably killed. Mm. And maybe have the social skills to go to that person and say, Hey, um, are you okay? Do you need some help? Um, just saw you looking in the window, you know, I'm just curious, even that will probably' be annoying, but that's better, and that person might say, No, yeah, I thought of, I thought this house was cool, and I see they're working on it, and I'm thinking about buying a house. Oh, yeah, you might actually have a nice conversation and make a friend if you want it, but mostly you may just save a life. Get out of your fear. Get out of your self-loathing. Get out of that place of him against me. Get, we need to unite to change this world. We need to work together. We need to love each other. We need to have empathy for each other. We need to make our motivations align in order to create society a society a global society where we're thriving together not surviving one of my characters in um my book Gal- uh galaxy as well she's biracial she has a new white stepmom but she, her dad is white her mom was black she's she's um Uh, mocha latte, as I call my son, and um, as sweet as can be. (laughs) And the purpose behind that is that I do now love the skin that I'm in. And I believe that representing that in a book for children is important, but also showing them, you know, families, biracial families exist in America. And that was two people deciding that all those rules, all those BS rules were BS. And they got together anyway, because they united with love. At least that's my hope. That's why they united, not insecurity, not experimentation. I hope it was done with sincere love and attraction and and everything that really matters. And they created life. And uh, let's show that to our children. So, you know, you can find my books on com under the books tab. Show your children that this happens all the time. And in all of my books, you'll find diversity. And I Love Pink, A Trance Tale, the main characters are... Uh, Latina and black, and um, you know, they, this is the world I want to see people becoming sisters under circumstances uh, that don't matter. It doesn't matter that the main character of uh, of I Love Pink is Latina, other than showing that the Latin community has been pretty difficult on kids who are trans who who want to be what they feel inside it's also another rule this has existed since humans as has existed you know except now something someone decided it was a, uh, a sin and people loving people is never a sin People forcing other people to do what they want is. And so, um, and then uh, Leo the Technicolor Panther deals with all kinds of backgrounds um, because they're all animals. They're all, but you know, he's the main character is just like, I don't like the skin I am in, even though he's powerful. And the lesson is to love the skin you're in. So go out, check, check out the books, get some t-shirts that sh- you can show the world. Hey, I'm working on my inner child. Please be kind. My whole motivation, my whole purpose is to teach people to love themselves so that we can change this world. We must, or we will not survive anymore. So I hope you all have a blessed day. And um, I hope this episode touched you. And I hope it makes you, the people listening to it, Understand that we have more power than the people who control these social experiments think. We have more power than you think. Let's use it for good. Have a blessed day.